Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're talking blues hockey. It's the Joey Vitale Report on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by The Electrical Connection. When you need quality electrical work for your home or business, visit electricalconnection.org. are at Calgary tonight, or tomorrow night. They're at Edmonton tonight. Joe Vitale with us on 101 ESPN, as he is every Friday on the Broad and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Good morning, Joey. How are you doing? Randy and Michelle, doing good. Just cold, man. Just really cold. Edmonton's cold. Yeah, I don't care if people say it. It's always cold here. April, May, June, July, it's cold. This is always cold. I'm okay, well, we, we hope we, we can warm you up here. I have two questions for you. First one is this. When you were playing, did Canadian guys call Calgary Calgary? Uh, you know what? You're actually the first person I've ever heard called that. I've always heard the Calgary. No, I've never heard Calgary. I don't think it's a it – it's not a very, like, split two-syllable word. It's always just it's like a, a smooth little transition, like Calgary. It's like, boom. You know what I mean? Uh, it's like uh, in Spain, it's a pustas. It's not como esta, it's como estas. Como esta, yeah. So, yeah, uh, get it out there. Just boom. So Mike Keenan called it Calgary. We knew, we we have to go to Calgary. So maybe that's why I, just, I got it. The other question I have for you, Joey, is growing up in a Presbyterian family here in St. Louis, during the course of my childhood, I didn't go through the Lenten period avoiding meats and having only fish on Friday. Now, my wife is Catholic. My kids went to Catholic school. So I know that... We don't eat meat. We only eat fish on Fridays during Lent. But I want to know why. Why is it fish on Fridays during Lent? Oh, man, you stunned me. You stunned me <laughs> I here. did. <laughs> you did. I, I got to admit, I, I, I should know this. I should know this, and I just don't. I, I just don't. You know, it's like, it's like when you're a good Catholic kid, like I was growing <laughs> up, still am. You just, you just do whatever your parents say to do. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, I, I come from a household, Randy, where, where if you ask my dad why we're going to Mass on Sunday, you got a back of the hand to the head. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay, got it. Got it. Just, we're just doing it. We're just doing this thing. Yeah. And the thing is, if you were to ask my dad, he didn't do it because he was a bad guy. He did it because when he asked his dad, he got a backhand to the head as well. So it was just kind of a progression. Um, you know what? I have some homework. I do have some homework to do. I will I will get you an answer by the end of the day. Let's just put it that way. I think Michelle may have already done it. Yeah, Joe, um, I'm with you. Uh, you don't ask your Italian father why. You just go ahead and comply. So I had to Google it as well. But uh, according to what I Googled, most Christians are required to abstain from meat and eat fish on Fridays because it's tradition. Fish was referred to as the food of the poor or local people. And on the death day of Jesus, which was obviously Good Friday, Christians stay away from luxurious foods. So they eat the food that was eaten by poor people in medieval times, oh, therefore okay. fish. 
Ah, very good. Well, you know what? That actually makes complete sense. Um, a, a, certainly a, a food of the peasants back in the day. Of course, one of Jesus' greatest miracles was when he turned, you know, the loaves of bread and the fish into, into an abundance so thousands could eat. And that's exactly, you know, what, what they were eating. Um, so that, that, that kind of gives, uh, gives me some really nice insight there, um, Michelle. I appreciate that. The bread, the bread used to be something, too, in the old days, along with the fish. Like, we talk about the food of the peasants. Um, in the old days, like, you always see these brick ovens now. Like, everyone's got these brick ovens where they used to bake bread. And that's how they used to bake bread um, in the day. And, and this is what's cool about bread. You know, whenever, whenever you get a loaf of bread, it's something about the, the community. Like, it brings people together, like warm bread. We kind of get that warm feeling. And it kind of comes from this, I'm not even going to call it a tradition because it, it actually is a fact. But back in the old, old days, they didn't have the money to build these. Like, not everyone had an oven. Like, you're in your house, Michelle and Randy, you guys got your ovens. If you want to make a, a loaf of sourdough bread, you, you put it to 500, you pop it in the oven, you put it in there, you got bread. But they, this was a poor, poor culture um, that was eating fish and was eating bread. So what these towns did, uh, since they couldn't each afford their own ovens, they would make a town oven, basically at the center of town. And it was this massive, massive brick oven just contained and packed in so much heat, right? And what people would do was every Sunday – they would make their bread in the morning with their families, each, each little town of people, and they would bring their bread, their, their like raw dough, to the center of town. Hmm. And then the baker of the town, who was like, a, 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 like almost like a king back in the day, like you think of a baker now, they're kind of like a low-class person, and I can say that because I was a baker for a while. But back in the day, they, they were like very respected because they took care of everyone's bread. So everyone would like come to town like after mass in the morning, and they would give their bread to the baker. And you ask the question, well, how do they know what bread was who? And that's kind of where you see the scoring in bread today. Like sometimes you see a loaf of bread has three lines. Sometimes it's in a cross. Sometimes it's in a square. So that was like their signature signature for the bread. So each person would kind of do their own little score, like slicing the bread on top before they gave it to the baker. The baker would throw like hundreds of thousands of um, loaves of bread in there. And then everyone would come together and they would talk, they would share wine and they would go home with their bread. And that bread would last them, uh, would last them all week, believe it or not. It's crazy. You learn something new every single week from Joe Vitale here on 101 ESPN. That's great. I don't know much about fish on Fridays, but I know a lot about bread. By the way, I just saw a gift from Tracy Morgan of 30 Rock, and the explanation there is that it's because the Pope owns Long John Silver's. (laughs) Ah, well, that may be something to do with it there, too. <laughs> well, uh, Joey, last week we asked you about Nadub, uh, Nathan Walker, Randy's nickname for him. He's still, he's still trying to make it happen. But it just seems like, Joe, every time Nathan Walker gets an opportunity, he capitalizes on it. He, he gets that goal for the Blues versus the Canucks earlier this week. We were talking about this with John Kelly on Wednesday. It feels like he's someone that needs more ice time. Do you think the Blues will be looking for ways to get Nathan Walker involved more consistently? Uh, you know, not really, actually, Michelle. Uh, I actually think that they, they, they like right where he's at. You know, I think they, they, they want him to be a fourth-line guy. They want him to do what he's doing, and they certainly love uh, the production aspect. Uh, the reason I say no is because, you know, Nathan plays with such high energy. You know, he plays with such, such vigor uh, in his stride and, and just the vitality that he has with the way he plays. And I think if you give a player like that more ice time – uh, for Craig Berube, you worry about is that going to kind of trail off a little bit? Like, are you going to lose a little bit of that zip? You know, he talked about Logan Brown. going back a few weeks ago. We talked about, you know, Logan, he was back in the lineup. What are you looking for? And 
He said, listen, when he came here, he was full of energy. He was excited, new opportunity, played great, signed an extension. He said, you know, his game slid off a little bit after that. And that's what happens to all, all, all players. And he even admitted that. So it's not a thing on Logan. It just kind of happens with players. So I think Craig Bruby is very observant. And he understands that you have to watch for those things. Like, yes, you have a player going good right now, but you have to use them in the right way. You know what I mean? It, it, it's no different than if, uh, let's say, Robert Portugal would have a good game and he gets a goal and an assist and he gets a bunch of hits. You're not going to put him on your, on your top pair because that's not where he, he fills his best role for the team. You want to keep him in a, in a spot where he's comfortable with. So, yes, Mason has been produ- producing. He's probably been um, – the best producing player, I would say, that's been called up this year. Um, we look at the games he's played. He scored six goals. He had a game winner the other night in Vancouver. But I think that Craig will be very satisfied with where he's at. He's loving this kind of new structured uh, identity, I guess you could call it, the fourth line with Brown and McCack right about them guys playing with speed and physicality. And the fact that they're producing um, here and there is, is definitely uh, – a big plus for, for Craig Bruby. Hey, Joe, even though the Oilers don't have as good a record as the Blues and they're in third in the Pacific Division, I think aside from Colorado, when the Blues play the Oilers, that's the team that scares me the most because of uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl. Is my fear of the Oilers misplaced? Yes. Uh, I don't know what kind of phobia we should label it. I know there's a lot of crazy phobia in the Xenophobia. What, what's xenophobia? Is that the, what's that fear of uh, being alone? Is that right? I'm not sure. I'm Googling it. Xenophobia. I know arachnophobia. Xenophobia is the fear of other cultures. Yes, the fear of other fear cultures. Fear of other cultures. Okay, so arachnophobia, fear of spiders. So what name, since you're the name, the Nadeb guy, Randy, what name can we give you fear of the Edmonton Oilers? I'm going to have you guys think about that one. While I while I ease your fears, okay. Of the Edmonton Oilers. How does that sound? Good. No, I don't think that I don't think that you should be afraid of this team. I think that the Blues players are not afraid of this team. I think that any team that plays the Edmonton Oilers, quite frankly, is not really afraid of this team. I think they look at like a two-headed monster between Drysdale and David, and they know that if they can key in on those two guys and you can shut them down, they're going to be in a good spot. And the, the biggest way to shut them down is to do what the Blues did the other night in Vancouver. And that's just stay on the penalty box. I mean, they only took one penalty in the entire game. They actually got a shorthand goal for Robert Thomas on it. But that's the kind of style you have to play if you want to give yourself life against the Edmonton Oilers. You do not want to give Dreisaitl and McDavid any more time than they need putting them out there in a 5-on-4 situation. The Blues have played them very tough over the last few years. Uh, Colton Franco, expect big minutes from him and Justin Falk here tonight on the road getting the matchups against those two guys um, because that's that the end of the day is what you got to do to shut down. What's interesting about, you know, Connor and Leon is, yes, they'll get their points. I mean, listen, Connor McDavid just got 100 points. His first one to pass 100-point threshold this year. Uh, no surprise, his fifth time he's done in his career. But he does get a boatload of points. And same with Leon Dreisaitl. But they're also hazard in their own zone, too. I mean, and they're, they're a defensive liability at times. I was talking to Steve Ott about this the other night, actually. I think Leon Dreisaitl in a big win against, or actually a big loss against the Calgary Flames. He had losing that game like eight to six or something. Uh, he had he had a hat trick. Leon Dreisaitl had a hat trick, but he was still like a minus three on the game. I mean, what does that go to show you? So as much as they are good at scoring points, they are also uh, equally as bad in their own zone. So until they kind of figure that out, uh, this team I think is just going to be destined for either missing the playoffs or missing or getting bounced there in the first round. Joe, Randy is a classic oleophobe. Oleophobic refers to the physical property of a molecule that is repelled from oil. Oleophobe, yes. You're like, you're like vinegar that doesn't want to repel with, uh, or, or, or uh, I guess, emulsify. Let's yeah. just put that, emulsify with oil. You're like, you're like vinegar, Randy. 
Now, there's another one, Eliophobia, which is the fear of oil or grease. So we can go with either of those. I want to give you guys one more thing, Joe, before we let you go, because I did a trivia night for Fathers and Family Support Center last Saturday, and I didn't know this. There is a phobia for the fear of losing your phone, and it's called nomophobia, like Hideo Nomo. Nomophobia is the fear of losing your phone. Wow. Nomophobia. It kind of reminds me of that one, uh, one baseball player. What about the baseball player? H- Hideo Nomo. Hideo Nomo. Okay, that's one. I, I think I have a baseball card of his. Nomophobia. Yeah, that's that's something I I, I, I kind of wish I would lose more often is my phone, quite frankly. But um, that, that that is a massive one. You know, that's, that's something where you look around. Uh, I, I, I remember I was in a locker room a couple weeks ago, and, and, the, and the locker room has changed so much. I played uh, a game to get the U, U16 uh, AAA group of guys going for the Nationals. It was a men, men's group versus their team. And it was a mix of older guys and younger players in the locker room. And it was an intermission, so we'd all get back to the locker room. And then me and some of the older guys, um, Jim Giantson was there, uh, Joe McElhinney's son Adam was there. So some, some older guys were there, kind of mixed up. Andy Strickland played. And we'd all get, we'd all get to the locker room. And we, 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 between intermissions, we'd crack, we'd crack a beer open. And we started drinking beer like laughing and joking and then you look at the other side of the room where all the kids are at and all these kids have their cell phones and they're checking like tiktok and instagram and then no one's talking to each other like we're, yeah. we're it was kind of amazing i think uh, i think the nomophobia should we should get rid of that phobia and maybe um maybe we should worry so much about phones agree with you 100 percent. joey we'll be tuned in tonight thanks so much for the time we appreciate it and stay warm thank you too you guys have a great weekend see you later joe vitale with us on 101 espn Here's the lowdown on lowering bad cholesterol from Lecvio. Lowering bad cholesterol is hard, but you could do hard. You live through five fad diets, 11 sleep training nights, nine mediocre middle school recitals, one heart attack. And with Lecvio, you can lower your bad cholesterol and keep it low with two doses a year after two starter doses. Prescription Lecvio in glycerin is given by a doctor for people with known heart disease on a statin with diet who need more help lowering bad cholesterol. Common side effects were injection site reaction, joint pain, urinary tract infection, diarrhea, chest cold, pain in legs or arms, and shortness of breath. Results may vary. Learn more at Lecvio.com or call 1-833-537-8462. Ask your doctor about Lecvio. That's L-E-Q-V-I-O. Lower, longer, Lecvio. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.